Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? So what? Doesn't matter. Before we go any further, someone tweeted in there was a so mm. what penalty scored in the championship yesterday. Oh yeah. By Charlton's Lyle Taylor. I don't know if you've seen it. It's no. great. He takes he doesn't take a run up, he strolls up to the ball <laughs> <laughs> from outside the area. He just walks up as if he's off to post a letter or something like that. Yeah. And then he just put it straight past the keeper. Pass the keeper's left hand into the corner. Beautiful. So what? So what? Really good. It's up there. It goes into the so what football hall of fame with um, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold's so what corner in the Champions League against Barcelona. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the most so what moment in the history of football, possibly. Yeah, so what? And, uh, no, it was like think, this. You... You know what? Yeah. I'm not going to take this corner. I can't be fucked. Actually, I will. So what? There Goal. You are. Goal. TTFN, dickheads. <laughs> We're in the final. Thank you. Um, yeah, if you think of any more so what moments in football, that'll be a good compendium for us, for us to build up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really good penalty. Um, we'll have a look at the uh, the predictions over the weekend. Yeah. Now, we should say we're recording this on Sunday morning, Sunday mm. lunchtime even. Okay. So we don't have access yet to the uh, the Sunday afternoon televised games we've only got three of the five fixtures that we predicted and you Sam Delaney with your new high press technique that worked um, hard on all over the summer with a new I'm not going to tell you too much about him but I am hired in a private German predicting coach oh right yeah yeah German fella German fella who I met um, it was recommended to me by some other people in the predicting community Top mm. bloke, not going to reveal his identity yet, but I went to his compound in Dusseldorf and spent um best part of a month just every day. <laughs> we do two predicting sessions a day. As you know, usually yeah. if you go to, some people go to summer camp, summer predicting camps. I mean, even yeah. when you're a kid, I went to Beaumont, Camp Beaumont predicting camp one one year. And but generally lots of, speaking, lots of councils, lots of councils, lots of council. put on predict, predicting yeah. schemes for the, for yeah, the kids on the estate get, things helps, like that. Something for them to do over the summer. Uh, yeah. But even if you even if you get up to pro level predicting, is usually just you predict in the morning, hmm. and then that's it. You do a predicting session in the morning. Maybe you have something to eat with your predicting colleagues, and then you, you're free to do what you want. In Germany, certainly with this guy I was working with. We predicted in the morning, quite hard session. Mm. Then we'd have lunch. Then we'd have a nap 
And then wow. after the nap, we would predict again in the afternoon, right through till about six. Now the, and that's the nap normal. Is the, the nap's quite a new development, isn't it? That's not really been part of the predicting scene, as far as well, I can remember. It's only that it's the only way really you can fit into predicting sessions a day. It's, it's, and you've got it's to understand, I, I was starting from scratch with the high press predicting technique because I didn't yeah. want to rest on my laurels. Total predicting worked well for me last season. And I thought, I'm not just going to leave it and think, oh, the same thing will work again because you step? and Results yeah. Spot will have got familiar with my game. I could already see signs towards the end of last season that you were like working me out. So I had to start from scratch. I'd I'd read a lot about um, high-press predicting in Germany. I went there. The only way I was going to fit into one summer with my other commitments was to do two sessions a day. The only way you can do two sessions a day is to have that nap after lunch. If you don't, you're too exhausted, mate. If you're putting in a proper predicting session, I could have some some days I was predicting up to 15 scorelines in one morning. Yeah. Now, imagine the impact that has on my mind and my body. I was ragged. So I'd have actually quite a high-carbohydrate lunch to replenish the energy, then a sleep, then go again. How how long's the sleep? Is the sleep time regulated? He'd come in and bang a pan. He'd come in and bang a pan in my ear um, after... After I'd been asleep for a very precise amount of time, I forget what it was. It was like forty-three minutes and a certain number of seconds. Right. Yeah. And he'd go, "Actong, actong, bash, 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 bash," right next bang, to bang, my bang, ear. The predicting yeah. commencement. Yeah. So you, so you'd have to just cut, sort of come snap awake, snap to your senses, yes. and just lazy English fine hunt. Wake so up, the, and the, it's out. The, Hertha Berlin versus Werder Bremen. Predict, predict, predict. One, one. Ah, eins, eins. <laughs> Stop crying. You're sick of me. <laughs> and eventually the crying stops because you just become, you know, assimilated mm. into that world. I was, becomes, yeah, becomes I mean, you should have seen me. I was like, uh, yeah, I was like dead behind the eyes by the end because yeah. I was just, I was a predicting machine and he'd succeeded. Many times well, I would break down and, it's weird the things that he does to you he takes you so far beyond what Mm. you thought you were capable of and he kind of dismantles you emotionally and at times I sort of fell into this weird zone where I thought he was my mum I'd call him mummy he would hug me and stroke my hair or stroke my bald head and that's I I don't know to be honest I still to this day don't know what happened to me but what I do know is I've come through it a much stronger predictor. Well, uh, to get back to the results we've got in so far from the weekend, from the three matches you predicted, you mm. got two correct score lines and one correct result. You scored seven points from three games, Sam. Mate, this has got to go. You told me this yesterday, last night. This has got to go to VAR. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. First of all, you tell me the results that I correctly predicted. Uh, Arsenal 2, Burnley 1. Yeah. And I've got Manchester City 2, Tottenham 2. Are you okay, saying so, that's wrong? So I checked the score yesterday and it was 2 mm. all. And I wasn't watching it because I was, I was in Brighton after the game. And, uh, and I thought, Jesus Christ. And I said to Len, 2 all. I predicted 3-2 in this game, I think. 
if City win this, then this is going to be the greatest prediction ever in the history of predicting. Then I check again. I said, look at this, mate. 3-2. Well, we couldn't believe it. We were practically ordering the cigars, the two of us there and then. Yep. Then it goes to VAR, 2-all. I thought, ah, oh, so close to the greatest ever prediction. And I text you about it. And you go, what are you talking about? You did predict 2-all. I thought, maybe I did. This morning I was in the gym. Now, what I like to do is is listen to Top Flight Time Machine in the gym. And do you know what else I like to do? I like to have it very um, visible on my iPhone. So anyone exercising near me who knows me yeah. and knows that that's my podcast, because like a couple of people when they do, I want them to know that I am in there la- laughing at my own podcast. <laughs> and in fact, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent now. But it's also I a good ad- advertisement thought, for strangers as well. Strangers who see you laughing. And look it is, yeah, they go, oh, what's he laughing at? That, that sounds good. good. I'll give it a go. Do you know what I also thought would be a really funny idea? If I... I don't know where a good place to do this would be. Maybe on the tube or maybe somewhere where I was more likely to see people, uh, you know, people who worked in my industry or or whatever. I thought it'd be really funny to have... It's an industry. If it wasn't wasn't industrial work, right, the stuff that I do, then why are my hands so calloused and sore like those of a coal miner in the olden times? I'm not not going to venture into that area. All all of the things that I bear all the hallmarks of someone who has worked at the coalface of industry his whole life. Anyway, anyway, (laughs) I thought it would be really funny if I had the podcast on an iPad so you saw it really big <laughs> but perched next to me right perched next yeah. to me but also reading one of my own books right <laughs> at the same time so and you're like, just gonna go around advertising r- Delaney Industries I'm really laughing do you know what I yeah. mean but yeah. it has to be it's own it 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 it's particularly funny if it's amongst people who know me know that I am mm. Sam Delaney yeah which anyway, is pretty just, much everyone now yeah, it's just a plan I've got going on. I'm going to work on it a bit further. I don't know if you, you mm-hmm. want to be there to see it happen. Not really. Right. Okay, so anyway, I, I was listening to it in the gym, and I pre- I've got to say, mate, I was doing the high press, so maybe you misheard, but I've listened yeah. to it back, and I said 3-2. Oh, man. It might well and have that, been because, because of the speed of the high press that I've just pressed. It, that was it. I'm typing them out as you're predicting. I know. I panicked I've, you. Um, that was it. You were all over the place because of the high press. Yeah. And you wrote down the scoring correctly, which I could have benefited from if I was a, a less honest man. But I am honest. Well, look, and there you you go. Know, at some point, the, the Cunters would have got in touch and pointed it out. So, exactly. You know, we do so have it's that, gone from... That, that, we, we, a backstop, if you want to call it that. Yeah. It's gone, from, word. it's gone from three points to no points. So, yeah. a bit of a shame. <laughs> it has. Oh well, so really, you've only got four points from those four three games. Four points is still uh, not a bad haul from uh, it's from not three a bad games. Return at all, yep. Mm. And I got, um, I just got two points for two um, correct um, results, but not score lines. So we'll see. We've still and, got Sheffield results. Palace. Spot got none. Results. Spot no. Got, he got uh, one for Arsenal. Yeah, he got one for Arsenal versus Burnley. Mm. So we'll we'll tweet out the updated scores. Once the predictions are out uh, later in the day, because obviously yeah, this and, we'll, will be and on the, and on Tuesday's mailbag, we'll probably have some updates then. Uh, do you want to hear a little bit about what went down in Brighton yesterday? It was we can it, we can do. I was just going to add one more thing. 
Oh, yeah. uh, we should point out to the cunters that the episodes over the next couple of weeks or so might be a bit sporadic and a bit, you know, not quite as regular as usual. Because between us, we're going on holiday in separate places. Mm. So we're, <laughs> we're going to record some in advance. So some will be coming out at different times. Um, we, there might we, not be we've had our holiday ones. together, which was in the we East have, Midlands. We'll, we'll talk about that in part two of, the, of yeah. this episode. Uh, but the, the, later this week, I'm going to Cyprus and I'm going to seek out the uh, prediction training scene in Cyprus oh, and I think it's going to be pretty it, much diss and that really. it's piss poor yeah it'll be piss is poor it? in Cyprus it'll be diss and that predicting oh who cares six or well, maybe I'm, I don't know I'm going to I'm <laughs> going to head out I'm going to head out away from the, the main resort into the little villages mm. where you've got the tavernas where the old men sit outside all day long mm. and they just with predict with their cats with their cats yeah. feeding their and cats they, little they, bits they and bobs but they, there's no rush they predict leisurely, lazily, mm. and I don't know what the accur- accuracy is like, but Poor. I kind of feel like that's the kind of prediction I want to go towards. Well, I'll go and see. I mean, yeah, report back. It might be interesting. There might be. There's. I always say, mate, there's stuff to learn everywhere in yeah. this game. You just cherry pick yeah. the best of it, don't you, and make yeah, your own you thing. Can, I go into every situation thinking, what can I? get from this even if it's something tiny that might give me those little margins in a competitive predicting situation totally and you can you can always be learning so i wish you best of luck mate thanks mate um and i wish all of the canters um well i just wish that they'll all be patient and bear with us while the usual proceedings are disrupted a bit over the coming weeks some of the um some of the hardcore early hunters have been calling mm. for a return to the, the season reviews that we used to do mm. at the very beginning of this But thing. then we discovered so, that they're, they're a real hassle. Yeah. They're a real but hassle to do. We, we we might get one or two of them knocked out over the next couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, we will. But just know just, that they are a hassle, so we're us. going out of our way to do them for you. Yeah. Fuck's sake. And we won't be enthusiastic about it. Don't expect that. No, anyway, fuck that. They'll be, they'll, be very, they'll be very low-key. Uh, well... I had a great day in Brighton, but the headline is I went coining. We got there early so we could schedule in. Me and Len could schedule in solid hour and a half's coining before we headed to the stadium. Yeah. So we parked in, in the centre of Brighton, went down the pier to get our coins in, right? And we had a great time. We It was interesting for us because, as you know, the majority of our, our home coining ground is Shanklin, Isle of Wight. So yeah. it's interesting checking out the different ways things were done. Brighton was more of a uh, felt quite hostile by comparison. You had to watch your back. There was a really? lot of kind of people holding their coin station while their um, mate went off to get them more change. Lots yeah, of that's that. That's fair enough. That's it's fair. fair. Were the, were it's the, fair, but there was an edge any, to it. Any mods or rockers? Doing the coining, because that goes on in Brighton, doesn't it? Yeah, there was, a, there was some mods and rockers. I was worried there was going to be some aggro, because um, you do get a lot. Of, it's horrible to see, and it's not as bad as it was in the 70s, but you do get coining violence still. And, of course, yeah. we were banned for a time for coining on the continent as a the result. European and coining, yeah. It has, it has got, it's, you know, the authorities have got it under control, and the face of coining has changed, and that's why it's much more of a family thing now. But you still, you'll always get idiots, won't you? Yeah, you'll always get idiots. So there I mean, was a I, little. I, 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 I still remember that footage, that vivid footage of that um, riot at the European Coin and Championships in. Yeah, I think horrible. it was in. Was it in Bruges? 
when uh, mm. it all kicked off and the, the glass smashed on three machines mm. and all yeah. those coins fell to the ground. They just fell on the and floor. And it just, it just got abandoned. What can you do? You can't carry on a coining tournament after that, can you? Once the machine's smashed and there's coins on the floor, then you just have to all. stop. Yeah, it's a free-for-all. Um, yeah, there was, was fans, fans running in and grabbing the that. coins off of the floor. It was disgusting. Yeah. We don't yeah, want to see yeah. a return to those ugly days. And th- th- let's just say there was a few little bits and bobs I didn't like on Brighton PS Day. But the, there was some good things that happened. First thing was, as I uh, I think I tweeted or Instagrammed about it, I met a cunter whilst coining. Wow. <laughs> well, of course, Mate, because they're all at it. <laughs> no better feeling. So me and Len are both coining really seriously, right? Dead serious. We're a couple yeah. of stations apart and we've both got our own thing going on and we're not even yeah. really talking much apart from the odd grunted update. Like, yeah. I, I'm almost there. I've, al- I've almost got a Captain America keyring. What you got? How close are you? Right. Um, and uh, while I was doing it, I was dead serious because there was something I was getting closer and closer on and someone just walked up beside me now. I'd had to keep my wits about me. It was very crowded in this arcade and I had a rucksack on and mm. uh, and I was suspicious that people were trying to fish into it while I was preoccupied with the coins. Yeah. And I felt some brush against me, so I turned my head ready for action. Yeah. Bloke leans into me and he just goes, no word of a lie, I'm mid-coining, and he leans in and just goes, IFS. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. And it was a, 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 a counter called Liam. Hello, Liam. Uh, thanks for saying hello. And he was with, I think, his girlfriend. And they both said hello. And um, I said, oh, brilliant to meet you whilst on the coins. And I then yeah. just got started. And they showed me what they'd won. They'd been on the coins oh, that Saturday. Which is great to see other counters in the coining environment, in our natural environment. And they'd won like five things, I think, they'd done. So yeah. I was delighted by that. And I tried to tell Len, but he was just so absorbed in coining that yeah. he had no interest at all in, in meeting them. And then the other really good thing that happened, and I don't know if this happened to you or anyone else, but I'd run out of my coins, right? And I went to him, oh, I've run out, because we'd limited ourselves to a limited state. Yeah. And he was still going. More. And he went, do you know what he said to me? He went, well, you're just going to have to watch me coin then. (laughs) Which I did. And I was watching him and you can get really into watching someone else coining. I don't know whether it's it's your child and so you're more rooting for them, but it does get really dramatic. It's a great spectator sport. People forget that. Jalapeño. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weightloss Jalapeño While I was watching it uh, I noticed a woman one of the one of the uh, people from the arcade one the employees and she was going yeah. round and she was opening up the coining stations with uh, a yeah. special key one of those round keys and yeah. then she was re- she was replenishing the um, she was replenishing the prizes and mm-hmm. she was rearranging prices, right? Mm. Very quickly, her hands would go in, and very quick, like those of a magician, mm-hmm. she'd like, you know, you'll see like a pot on a shelf that doesn't move, and it'll be a pot full of prizes. And she yeah. basically grabs that pot, removes three or four prizes, very quickly arranges them on the shelf, then relocks the coining station. Yeah. I was fascinated by this because I'd never seen behind the curtain, so to speak, in all my years of coining. Behind the veil, so, yeah. I thought to myself, I can't miss an opportunity like this. And obviously, Andy, you know, my instincts are always journalistic, right? Yeah. I have you an inquiring journalist. Yeah. I have an inquiring mind. I said to her, Excuse me, can I ask you a question? She looked up at me. I, I think the way it came out like that sounded like it was a romantic advance. So I regretted it, but yeah. whatever. She went, What? I said, Can I ask <laughs> you a question? And she said, What? And I said, How do you make how do you decide how to arrange the prizes and she went what and she looked pretty taken aback because yeah. i don't think anyone ever asks her questions about her job and i went how do you make your decisions is there a system she went a system i went yeah <laughs> i said which ones are you choosing to open up which ones she went i just replace the prizes that's all i do and it became immediately <laughs> apparent that she thought that i was some sort of I was from the inspectorate of coining or something the, or, like or, that. Or the, the, the gambling commission. Something or, like that. yeah, or yeah. from the government. You know, yeah. I don't, there's like from the home office who I believe are responsible you, you, for coining. do have that authority kind of air about you. Yeah. She thought I was undercover, right? Yeah. And she was like on the back foot. And I said, I really was like, no, no, it's, I said, it's not a big deal. I said, I'm, right. I'm just, I said, Come I back. just, I love coining. I said, I love doing this. <laughs> And I've never seen someone doing your job before, so I'm interested in it. And she just looked like she looked like she was she was quite young. She just went, oh, I just all I do is I just put the prizes out and then I lock it. That's it. That's all I do. Yeah, fuck <laughs> off, fuck off. There's a system. Of course, there's a system. Tell me this. Tell me it. Yeah. It was a classic case of tell me it. <laughs> and she did not tell me it. When she walked off, then went, "What was that?" I said, "I'm just interested in your job." That was the last Please words come I said. Back. Yeah, it was. I mean, genuinely, not exaggerating. She did sort of scuttle away looking over her shoulder, and I was going, I'm just interested in your job. And then, without looking up from the coin, she just went, what was her job? And I went, she's, I said, she's the person who puts the prizes in the, on the shelves and arranges them. And he just went, that sounds like a brilliant job. And I was like, it does, it does, it does. And he goes, what is that job called? And I said, I think she was the coin master. And he, <laughs> he corrected me and went, you mean coin mistress? <laughs> and I said, I guess that's what you'd call her. I mean, if I was her, I'd want a T-shirt that said that on it. The coin mistress. yeah, Coin mistress. Because yeah. then there wouldn't have been any confusion. Do you know what I mean? It would lend a more yeah. authority. And as well, but you know, anyway. you go to when, when your prize has kind of got stuck and it hasn't come out the hole at the bottom. 
Because that yeah. happens sometimes. You need to get someone to get that key and open it up that, and get it for you. That that happened so, to me yesterday. With an, yeah. inc- I had a, by the way, I had an incredible haul of uh, all told seven seven prizes. I won wow. four in the morning, and then afterwards, that was supposed to be it. But afterwards, what we did was we got the bus from the pier up to the Amex, and then afterwards, we got back on the same bus, and it pulled up next to the pier, and we well, were supposed to be going to another stop to go and get the car. And we just looked at each other and we just knew, father and yeah. son, sometimes you just look at each other and you think, we're going in, we're going we're back in for again. more coining, aren't yeah. we? So we went back in and had some bonus bonus afternoon coining after the game. And, so uh, seven I, prizes? I won, another, I won another three, yeah. So is that ten in total or seven in total? No, seven in total. Seven. What was your outlay for that seven? Then won five. Do you know? Uh, over the day it would have been four pounds. That's Four pounds really of good. coins. Put it that's this really way, good. that's more than I won in the whole week in Shanklin. So mm. I think you got to, I just think that the machines in Shanklin must be tighter. Yeah. Because also so many of the counters have been sending us images all summer of their coining halls. And yeah. everyone, like, was, unless they've been lying, which I suspect some of them have, like they've been contriving these pictures, like buying shit from a shop and then pretending they'd won it. I don't know. Trying try and impress us. Try to impress us, yeah. Probably, but, yeah. you know, people are winning a lot more prizes than I manage usually in Shanklin. So I've come to think that it's like, maybe I had a particularly good day yesterday or maybe Shanklin is gamed a bit more. Maybe it is. I mean, Brighton, if you think about it, Brighton's a very liberal city. It is. It is. Oh, it? yeah, so very the, much so. probably, you know, let the brakes off a little bit when it comes to the prize distribution on the coins. I'm yeah, looking at one well, it's right got, now it's got a me. green MP, mate. It's got a green MP, so. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at a few that have been sent in actually right now. Dean Lee sent in a haul from Wearmouth, um, and he's hashtagged it the Dawson method, so that's good. Mm. And it's a massive, massive array of prizes. But it's you know he's, he's got some from out of the coin machines, but also some that have been acquired from tickets. So he's used them machines that give out tickets as well as prizes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's got at the front. There's all the usual prizes. There's a dice. There's a smiley face, looks like a rubber, uh, a, a, a hand key ring, uh, another dice, um, various lizards. Um, we, some me, pl- and, me, me and lizards. Len yesterday, we, we sort of broke down cost per coin, cost per mm-hmm. coin of price. And this was after his morning haul. I think he had five and he'd spent two quid. So that That's works brilliant. out. That works out forty p a prize, and That's we really looked generous. and we looked at his prizes, and they were all decent. They were all key rings made of rubber, you know, quite weighty. And mm. um, I said, you know, in a shop, all of these you'd pay more than forty pence for. You'd probably pay yeah. a pound fifty for most of them. If you go into Smith's and you get a key ring like that, it's going to be one pound fifty, maybe two pound fifty. So we're basically. It's for it, it was working out at forty p a prize, which is, I mean, usually we say it's not about that. It's not about the money because you you have to factor in the amount of joy you've got you're, from it and pleasure you're, you've got for the from joy. It. you're yeah. paying for the pleasure and the joy. But even if you remove the pleasure and the joy from it, you're still. I mean, yesterday was very good. It was it was well, one of the best that. away days I've ever done. I always assume Poundland. I assume they get them from Poundland so that the retail price would be a pound 
per prize. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, if you can you beat that, then you've won. But, you know, this Dean, he's also got tickets. So not as, not only has he got the dice. I, d- I, d- I think they don't count the tickets, mate, because you remember you can win tickets well, in an arcade from things other than yeah, the coins. It's just an impressive haul. He's got a robot. He's got oh. a fucking robot. That's and good. it says 360-degree spin, I think. So it's a robot that goes round and round. Oh, it can he's spin round like it's gone mental. Spin- yeah, he's got an extreme space ball, whatever that is. I don't know, but I like the look of it. He's got a Peter Rabbit. There's all sorts going on. So that's good stuff. Uh, a good haul as well from Raggy at Torquay. Uh, a Pac-Man Ghost key ring. A Simpsons, Homer Simpson donut key ring. Yeah. Um, some we apple-flavoured. Looks like space dust. Um, some little lollipops. All sorts would you there. Eat, would you eat sweets out of a coin station? If they're completely fully wrapped and unbroken, yeah, yeah of course Yeah, why not? Why not? And then um, Freddy Dingo, great name, <laughs> has been to Watermouth Castle. Football-related coins in a castle. Wow. And it's a thing called Flip It On, and it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's an octagon, and yeah. each side of the octagon is its own coining station, and it's each, each one's got its own name. Pelé, Moore, uh, Matthews, Charlton, Best... That looks like gigs, Maradona, and an incorrectly spelt Gascoigne. So that looks good as well. No prizes at stake, though, he says, just for the coins. I love the the themes of all the machines. Yesterday, there was a great massive Coronation Street one in Brighton, but it had all classic. So you're on some coining station, and there's just a big picture of, was it Edith Marples? The the proper, she was like the template for the ultimate battle axe. Edith Sharples. Ina Sharples. What did I say? Yeah. Edith Marples. Edith Marples. <laughs> Edith Marples. I believe her name was Edith Marples. <laughs> Ina Sharples. I southernified her. Um, yeah, she was like the ultimate battle axe, wasn't she? And she was yeah. just staring at me throughout one of my coining sessions, which was quite intimidating. Yeah, I was in the Metro Centre, Sir John Hall's Metro Centre, yeah. In Gated the other day, mm. and there's a there's a coining station in there, mm. uh, and it was a wacky races one. That oh, was yeah. quite exciting to see that. Yeah, didn't have yeah, time to have a go on it though. Always interested in the themes of a uh, of a coin. One day we'll do a coining. You know what we should do? We've had so many cunters send us there. I mean, not no exaggeration. I reckon we've had well, well over a hundred different images sent to us mm. over this oh, summer. Easily, yeah. Yeah, maybe a few hundred of people's coining experiences. We've had videos of people, lots of videos of people's kids coining, pictures we of the prizes. We could put it a magazine, Sam. We could put we, it a fanzine. Well, we did have a magazine idea. Oh no, Len had an idea for a magazine called <laughs> The Coin. Did I tell you this? <laughs> no. And and I and I asked him what the because he said it was going to be a magazine all about coining, and I yeah. said maybe you could be on the front cover. No, I said maybe Daisy could be on the front cover because, you know, my niece Daisy had that amazing day on the coins. And I said, because she'd almost become like a celebrity of coining. And he looked at me like I was mad. He went, that's not what's on the front cover. And I said, what is? (laughs) And he went, it's it's a man, but who's got a a coin for a head. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it is. And I was like, of course. Of course that's the first issue of the coin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the coin bi-weekly magazine for coiners magazine for coining and coiners 
We should do uh, we this. Should do we that. Should, I was going to say an this. exhibition. I was going to say an exhibition, yeah. but I am up for also publishing a magazine. We could do an yeah. exhibition that adds nice pi- all the pictures that the people have sent in because it's like social realism. Yeah. Because they're just yeah. It's and like then, Martin Parr, but we won't charge twenty might, quid for people to get in. Exactly. Here's a picture of a fat dickhead having a fag. Twenty quid, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, I can stay home and see that any time I want. <laughs> yeah. I'll go around my brother's house. <laughs> Take a picture of him. Here's a picture of a sofa on an overgrown lawn. Okay, uh-huh. hell yeah, there's loads of them around here, mate. Yeah, thanks for that. That's all I fucking need to look at. 20 quid? <laughs> Fuck off. Am I going to an art gallery, mate? I want to see something that's going to take my mind off things, I not remind see, me I, of them. I want to see a pit, and I want to see something where someone's put a bit of effort in. Just <laughs> going around a council estate snapping pictures. This is like just me using my eyes to look around at my environment. <laughs> you want to be like one of them yeah. Italian artists, mate? They had the right idea, painting pictures of God on us. Fucking paint yeah. a picture of God and angels on a fucking ceiling. That takes some fucking effort. Imagine that, painting on a ceiling of something uh, good. What, uh, what's this? A burnt out car next to some swings? Yeah, it's 20 quid though. Yeah, Fuck. an old man fucking kipping at the seafront with all ice cream dribbled down his front. Fuck off. 20 quid. <laughs> anyway, we could do our exhibition and then we yeah. could maybe sell copies of the coin magazine while we were there. We could do, yeah. We'll consider that. It'll be another list, another thing out of the list of things we'll never do. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. I forgot a few weeks ago to tell a quick story about my uncle Arthur, who I mentioned when we were talking about things that older generations said to calm down and whatever. Which actually, in retrospect, is we let ourselves down in a way because it's a bit like the sort of thing that they do on normal radio shows. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, Uncle Arthur. Uh, who who coined the phrase simmer down then my cousin yeah. Bruce got in touch because he'd heard it and he told me a couple of other gems from Uncle Arthur uh, Uncle Arthur was a man who despite being raised in the east end of London right in the I guess the post-war years he you know in his adult life he was he was one of the nicest guys you could ever meet and he was really extremely meticulously polite, right? Mm. So one of those things, sort of old-fashioned values, which meant he would never, ever, ever swear, right? And growing up where he did, I'm sure he grew up around all sorts of salty language, right? Um, bet, from yeah. the from the dockers and so forth. But in adult life, he was absolutely meticulous in the way that he had great manners, never swore, right? Really polite bloke. And apparently he had a made-up swear word that he always used around the home, which was, oh, she blah, oh, she blah, right? And they'd hear him saying it around the house, right? Because they thought, and they never quite knew what it meant, but he'd always say they'd hear it all the time. They heard him bang his head or, you know, knock his thumb when he was, like, using hammer or any of the circumstances under which any of us might shout fuck or shit or bollocks. He'd go, oh, she blah, which they assumed was him going, oh, shit then held him back, then accidentally almost segueing into bollocks or bloody and saying blah. Yeah. So, oh, she blah became his thing. And that was the worst he ever said until one day, which is the only time anyone, any of his children, ever heard him swear once or anyone ever right. reported on Uncle Arthur swearing. And I forget the full backstory, but it's a good one. He had a mate who was an old mate of his from the old days and would drift in and out of their lives. And he would either, when he turned up every few years, he'd either be 
absolutely jacked the lad on the cigars, fur coat, flashing his money <laughs> around, right? Or it'd be the opposite, and he'd be totally on his arse and asking to borrow money. Anyway, this one particular time, yeah, when my cousin, I think, was probably a teenager, he arrived and he was down on his arse. But he had an investment opportunity which he wanted Uncle Arthur to back him in, which was yeah. something to do with... Re- renting out boats to people to do water skiing and that way <laughs> they lived on the kent coast by the way in like sort of near margate <laughs> so like i got a great part. things haven't been good i'll be honest but i've got a great fucking plan i'm gonna be back on my feet in no time right once in a lifetime opportunity have you heard of something called water skiing right <laughs> no nor had i until recently but think about it two things people love water and skiing put them together fucking hell pound signs think about it if you want to go skiing you've got to go abroad where there's mountains and snow and that but with this you can do it anywhere where there's water local reservoir canal anything like that so he goes so he borrows some money and Uncle Arthur a very kind generous man backs him right lends him some money but there's an agreement about when it should be coming back and of course the geezer just completely disappears right for for a prolonged period and there's no sign of it so my cousins are saying to their dad listen dad have you heard from your mate yet is he gonna is he gonna give you the money oh yeah don't worry about that he'll give me the money I, I haven't heard from him but he's good for it he's good for it and in the end they've really pushed him they said you say that but we're worried he's taking the piss you've got to do something here so he says it's all right i've arranged to meet him for a drink uh this afternoon and i'm sure we'll get it all squared off so they go okay and they think oh he's a bit calm but i don't know what what you know this bloke's taking the piss because he's taking he's taking advantage of my uncle arthur's good nature and generous spirit yeah so he disappears for the afternoon when he comes back in it's only my cousin bruce in the house and he hears his dad come back in so he's straight up comes into the hallway says dad you're back how was it did you see him and he said he looked at my Uncle Arthur, who, like I say, placid man, but he said he'd never seen him so visibly stressed and angry in his life, right? Yeah. And he goes, did you see him? He goes, yep, yeah, I saw him. And he was, his fists were clenched. He was trying to hold something back. And he went, oh, God. well, how was he? And my Uncle Arthur went, no, he said, what was he like? And he goes, what was he like? What was he like? What was he like? He's a cunt. And I think he just walked off. He walked off into another room and shut the door behind him. Oh God! Oh, my cousin Bruce. He said, "Like you got, you got to understand." He had never, ever, ever sworn. He hadn't said so much as bloody in his whole life. And then oh, suddenly man. he's given it. What's he like? What's he like? What's he like? He's a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking water skiing. Never heard oh, any so much nonsense in my life. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I thought I'd share right. that because I didn't know it lovely. down, forgot about right. it. Yeah. We've um, we've run out of time. We haven't had time yet again to talk about our um, new nerve centre somewhere in Nottinghamshire. We can cover that in the mm. next episode. We yeah. haven't rated anything either. We've had some stuff in the rate and we haven't done that, but I've got a quick one before we go. I'm going to show you it. Yeah. Because I've got it on my laptop screen now. It's from Alan Bork and it's that. It's a pint of chips. Pint of chips. It's a pint pot give, full of chips. I'm going to give that uh, um, an eight. 
Because it's got good novelty value. I've never seen one before, but actually, there's not that many chips in it. No, exactly. I'm giving it a five. Because of the... Yeah. I like, I mean, it, it has a superficial impact that appeals yeah. to me, because it looks great, I'd like, but I'd like there's to not know enough how chips. Much, how much you paid. If it was over £3.50 for that, that's, that's a four or a three even yeah because they're trying to blind you with the novelty aren't they yeah exactly yeah we're not having that alright that's it we'll be back um, soon with another episode thanks for listening TTFN see ya see ya